you load them up and you're going through a drive through and the fun things you would do. And you, you know, you're at the drive through window and you put the window and you ask the guy, Hey, you guys want anything back there? And you know, things like that. And if your boss <laughs> knew you were probably doing things like that in the hearse, they probably would get in trouble. But just to kind of mess uh -huh. with the people at the drive through window is always kind of fun. Just uh -huh. to, that's fantastic. Yeah, you know. That's going on the next promo video right there. Yeah, that is that, awesome. That's, yeah, that's great. That's the yeah. intro. Welcome back. Process, preparation, performance. I'm Duke. Keith Simmons. We're here with <laughs> Coach Kevin Miles. Entering into his 11th year as the head coach at Palmyra High School here in Missouri. Coach and I actually sort of knew each other. We battled against each other one awesome Saturday uh, in the playoffs. I'll never forget that day. I've actually had a chance to talk to him about it. It was a great day that was celebrated by the kids, by a couple of communities, and coaches actually come to a couple of clinics that Coach Simmons and I have helped put on. And just getting a chance to see him and talk to him about that thing, Jr. I said we got to get this guy on the podcast, yeah. and he graciously agreed, taking some time out of his night on a Thursday here in the beginning of May. The weather's not that good outside anyway, so there's nothing to do out there. No, so it's supposed to be start raining here anytime. I think so. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Coach. How are you? I am great. I am great, and that was a fun game. That was one of my first playoff games like that, and. Uh, and, and I think back to that day, and it was a beautiful day, and it was this guy that was just so much excitement to, to be involved with that on a Saturday in Palmyra, and it was, a, it was a fun, fun time. So you know, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys. And like you said, you know, I've been to your clinics and done different things, and it's great to sit here and have the opportunity to, to visit and talk some football. That would be great. JR, i got to tell you a story about that day. Uh-oh. So Palmyra, great place to play a football game, great place to watch a football game. We were on the grass field at the time. Um, I'm coaching. I'm the DC for our previous school. Literally standing, touching me are the cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah. The cheerleaders <laughs> are right behind me. Ours and, your, ours and theirs, both. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, right there. I remember turning around to the, to the referee and going, hey, man, can you get the cheerleaders back a little bit? Because, like, I'm on the sideline here, and they're literally right behind me. And you know what he said to me? Nothing. He just turned and walked yeah. away. <laughs> walked away. Yeah, deal with it, man. That's he just turned and walked away. Yeah, we're one of the few places, and that was, uh, you know, Fred, you know, I think Coach Bouchard did that when he was there, that we're one of the few places where the visiting team is on the home side with the, with the, the you know, those places it's the other way around. So at Palmyra, the visiting team is in front of the home bleachers, and then we were, we're on the, the visitor side, and that's a neat setup for Palmyra and that's a game too them that uh you guys and I can't remember you know of course that was so many years ago and so many brain cells have died between you know those days and now but you had a really we had a really good team period but there, you had a really good D lineman that year and I cannot think of his name for the life. I want to say he was number nine um and he was whipping my guards butt and I remember oh at halftime we're going up there and and as you say, he, you, you found a kid that you, you always, you know, we always say every, every team's got a donkey, every offensive lineman's got a donkey and you found ours and uh, you put that kid on him. I remember going in at halftime and my old line coach is going, we got to take, we got to take so-and-so off the field. And I'm like, that kid has been on the field for 11 freaking games. We're not taking him off the field. We've got to find a way to make him successful. So what we did is we moved the guard and the tackle. We flip-flopped them and it was a lot better second half. 
for us. And our other kid did a lot better job against your young man. And again, yeah. it was, it was, a, but it was a fun game. It was a fun game. So. Oh yeah. It, it was a great game. And I know the kid you're talking about and I am not going to tell him that compliment <laughs> because he is as squirrely as all get out. I actually happen to work with his wife right now and I'll tell his wife that story. Yeah, she to. won't even tell him because she's yeah. like, no, I'm not going to tell him that. Good, good. Well, it was fun. It was a fun game. I remember, and, and it's funny because the, the kid, that the coach that did it, he is now just took the head coaching job at South Shelby. And uh, we, it was literally a fight. We were almost, him and I almost I got in a fight at halftime with talking about that. I'm like, we are not replacing that guard. He has been there all year long. Well, you've got to find a way to make him better or make it better because we're not taking him off the field. Not nice. taking him off the field. So it was funny. Nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> Those are the things that make coaching fun, you know. It's just, it's just, it just makes it exciting. So, anyway. Absolutely. Good times. Good times. Absolutely. We were talking to somebody the other night, and we said, you know, the stories that happen is what you remember the most. Yeah. You know, when it, winning is, is awesome. It never gets old. But uh, right. all the stories that, that go with it, kind of like you two just talking, it, it's still vivid in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can get a glimpse of that just based on how you guys are talking about it. So, Coach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you here to start with, uh, I guess, with the, uh, the caveat. I hope everybody in Palmyra doesn't strangle me if they ever meet me. But I have never <laughs> been to Palmyra. Uh-huh. I've driven through it because yeah. my brother actually went to Culver Stockton, okay. which was about the same time you were coaching up there. And right. so for all our listeners out there, which, uh, you know, are kind of multiplying as we speak uh, with each episode, tell them about Palmyra, Missouri. Well, Palmyra is a town that uh, I don't really know that it's, it's ever really grown much over the size it is now. It's always been a town of about 3,000 to 4,000 people. Um, I am a Palmyra native. I was born, I was a born and raised. Um, my dad was a, a, a principal, a coach, a principal, a superintendent um, for, for numerous years. So I moved around some. Um, I actually went to school in Monroe City till second grade. Uh-oh, and, uh-oh. Yeah, I know. So I have, some, I have some black and gold blood in me. So I know you. That's one of the things we'll talk about a little bit. So um, I was, I was born there. My dad was, a, was a principal and superintendent of Monroe for almost thirty years. So there's a lot of history there for me there. But my parents divorced, and when I was in second grade, and my mom moved to Palmyra. My dad stayed in Monroe. So uh, it was kind of a funny thing. And I moved to Palmyra. And so I've lived here my, you know, most of my adult young life and adult life. And, uh, but it's a small town. It's a pretty close knit town. It's uh, like I said, it's kind of about 3000. And, and uh, so to, to come here, um, you know, I think I find, I found talking to people that it's hard. I think it's a hard town to, to move into and, um, and, and, and to kind of get involved in because of the, the close knit community, you know, and I think sometimes it's hard, um, to, to I think anytime a small town, it's hard to kind of move into as, as you go and, uh, and just to meet new people and do those type of things. It's, it's a really neat town, got a lot of history and a lot of athletics. And it's just, it's a neat community that I, you know, I think that, that uh, is really, um, it's a neat place to live in a really pretty community, a real town, real nice town. I guess. Yeah, I enjoyed it when we rolled through there. The, the town <laughs> seemed like a place where you want to raise your family. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got a lot of great people. I mean, just like any other thing, any other town, a lot of really nice towns in this in this in this area. But uh, I mean, it really is. It's it's a clean town and a lot of good good people, a lot of good things going on. A lot of small restaurants, small small businesses, and people that uh, really care about um, athletics, which is always good. If you're a coach, you want to live in a community that cares about athletics and, and and that's something that Palmar does care a lot about and that's that's a plus for me to be in a place that uh, puts puts that as a top priority 
Absolutely. hundred percent. Now we were talking off air coaching. You did not take a traditional path to get to teaching us Navy. Thank you for your service. Thank you very much. And some other things. So tell us how you got, where did it start? And then how you got into teaching? What were you doing? Well, I actually, when I, when I first got out of high school, I went, I went to college at Culver and, uh, and I was a, went there as a, um, my family is my ex, my mom and dad are both grew up in from Shelbina. They're both South, South Shelby <laughs> graduates. And my family is, uh, is hat, the hatchers and my uncle owned a pharmacy. So, um, my plan was my parents' plan was for me to go to pharmaceutical school at Culver to pre-pharmaceutical school and then go on from there. Well, <laughs> I was not really ready for college. Um, my first first semester um, was not probably uh, you know you've heard of uh, you've seen Animal House that was kind of how yeah. I, my first yeah. semester of college. My first <laughs> semester GPA was probably close to zero point zero zero. I mean, I didn't probably go to class very much. I didn't make a lot of good decisions. So. Well, the first semester grades came in, my stepdad looked at me and he just said, son, I, yeah, you're either, you're either going to get a job and get out of the house or you're going to the military. So I ended up going to the U.S. Navy. And uh, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me at the time, because if not, I'm not sure I'd knock on one. I don't mean the trip. I'm not sure where I'd have ended up if I hadn't done that. Sure. So I spent four years in the U.S. Navy, uh, grew up a lot, learned a lot, and uh, went a lot of places that um, – I would never would have gone if I hadn't haven't done that. Yeah. And I think that was a, for me at the time. It was a great decision, and and I did that. So did that, and uh, I, and I I joined up for I, I signed it for six, but I got out after four. My son was born in San Diego, California, um, when I was in the Persian Gulf, and uh, I was I, I ended up getting out after four because I didn't get to see him till he was six months old um, wow. because he was in the Gulf, and uh, and that just wasn't where I wanted to be. So I got out. And came back to Palmyra, and, and all through high school, <clears throat> I um, I had uh, worked at Lewis Brothers Funeral Home and, on Saturdays. That was my weekend job. I mowed, vacuumed, just did odds and ends around there. My family was friends with uh, uh, Jack Lewis and, and and Gadget Lewis, the family that owned it, and so I would just do weekend jobs there. It's a good thing for me in athletics because they worked around my schedule. They let me make a little bit extra money, so. When I got out of the Navy, uh, I went uh, to Mortuary Science School in Kansas City, Kansas. We uh, got married to Jennifer, uh, was my wife, and uh, we married and, uh, and had Levi, like I said, was in the Navy. And we lived in Kansas City, Kansas. I went to Mortuary Science School, graduated. And I have a license. I am a licensed embalmer, funeral director and embalmer. <laughs> nice. And I did, yeah. <laughs> I did that for uh, four years, five years. I worked at different places, worked at Lake of the Ozarks different things, worked in Quincy. Uh, yeah, I worked for Zender or uh, Hedges Funeral Home in Camdenton. Um, and yeah, they have exactly one in Camdenton and one in Osage Beach for a while. And then anyway, I got out of that. And really for that, that I, I enjoyed that, but it just, um, it just wasn't kind of where I wanted to be. So I came back to Palmyra and I worked at Dime Makers Incorporated. And, uh, and that's when Fred Bouchard came to Palmyra. It would have been probably uh, mid nineties. And I was a decent athlete in high school. I played football as a quarterback. At one point, I held the passing record at Palmar High School. Um, and so nice. I had heard my name just through, you know, talking to different people in the community. So he had approached me about coaching, being a volunteer assistant on the pro for his program. And that was one thing that was great about Fred and, and that he was good about getting guys involved. And so when, <clears throat> when he asked me to be a volunteer assistant, 
and I jumped in with both feet, you know, because I was kind of a, didn't really know I wanted to be. I knew I really just didn't know that I wanted to work in a factory for the rest of my life. And uh, so I did that to work 11 to 7 and coaching football. So I did that. And then when I was blessed, when Fred went to Culver Stockton College, he asked me to go with him. So I went to Culver. I got a free education, which was a godsend. And I thank Fred for that every day. And uh, then after that, I mean, I applied for the job at Mark Twain High School and Larry Rollins hired me. And it's been crazy ever since. So it's been a crazy path to get where I am. And I, I could, you know, it, it's been fun, though. It's been crazy. And I, I just, yeah, I, I'm blessed to, blessed to be where I am right now. So. I am fascinated by this embalmer stuff. <laughs> when you told us that off air, I was like, this is, this is so intriguing to me. You know, there'll be people listening to this like, oh, God, here he goes again. But, yeah. <laughs> so I got to know, what it, you got a strange story, a wild story that, that you can tell us that you dealt with uh, being at the funeral home? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've, I'll tell you, I worked in Kansas City for a lot of years. So I, I, worked, um, I worked some interesting funerals. I worked um, uh, uh, Kaufman, the Kaufman funeral when the you know, owner of Kansas City Royals, when he passed away, I, I got to work that funeral. Um, so I've done a lot of different things like that. I've seen a lot of, a lot of professionals and things like that. Um, worked some, some pretty, pretty crazy things. Um, I'd say, you know, some of the, the craziest things that I, I've seen um, is just the families you deal with. You deal with a lot of, and I won't say crazy families, but it's just some crazy requests. I mean, you know, you know hey, <laughs> right, can we, right. Yeah, can we drink a beer with grandpa? Can we, can we do this? And you'll have a lot of them that'll, that'll come in and, and, and want to want to drink beer and want to, you know, do shots with, with grandpa and, and, and things like that. Um, you know, I, I, it's just, you know, it, it, just the crazy, the, you get some pretty crazy requests. And, and I think that's the thing. And I mean, it never bothered me. And I was always like, sure, you know, because I could get that. You know? so many right. things, because, you know, it's just, it's one of those things you just want them to have whatever closure they need to have, as long as it's not anything illegal or sickening or grotesque, of course, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, you know, it's just, but you, you just try to, you're trying to be there for the family and do those type things. So, but when you work, especially when you work in the Kansas City area, and I did that for two and a half years when I was in uh, mortuary science school, um, you, you, you meet a lot of crazy individuals and you do a lot of, a lot of, a lot of silly things. So, um, I, nothing real crazy. But you just see a lot of interesting things, and you, and you hear a lot of interesting thoughts and, and things like that. That's just fascinating to me. My neighbor, if he ever listens to this, he's gonna he's gonna die laughing. No pun intended. But yeah. <laughs> I was over at his house one day helping him move a, a cast iron stove that he got. Which it, it wasn't just me and him. We needed about half the neighborhood to move that thing. And he's got this metal rod in the back of his truck. And I'm like, "What is this thing?" And he goes, "Oh, that's a that's like a casket thing." I'm like. Trocar, yeah, or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh, I'm working part-time up at the uh, up at the funeral home. You talk about strange coincidence here between that conversation about two months ago and now talking to you. It's now, just talking uh, to me, it's, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, amazing to me. You know, we so, – and it's kind of funny because, you know, you, the little things you do in, over the years and, you, you know, you, you go and you – Somebody passes away, and you, you're in the you're in a hearse, and you're going to pick somebody up that maybe passed away in San Diego, and they're flying them in. You pick them up, and you're at the airport, and you, you load them up, and you're going through a drive-through, and the fun things you would do, and you you know you're at the drive-through window, and you put the window, and you ask the guy, and hey, do you guys want anything to back there, and you know things like that. And if your boss knew you were probably doing things like that in their hearse, they probably would get in trouble. But just to kind of mess with the people at the drive-through window is always kind of fun. Just oh. to, 
That's fantastic. That's going on the next promo video right there. Yeah, that is that, awesome. yeah, that's great. great. That's the yeah. intro. Yeah. There's the intro. Do, we got it. That. <laughs> yeah, that's the intro. I love it. There oh, you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hate to move off that subject. I'm going to move <laughs> off of it because JR won't let us ever get oh, to man. football. I'll let it go forever. Yeah. he, Coach Palmyra, tradition central in Missouri. Very, very rich in tradition. I could see it from the first time I was there. I could see it from the community. Like you talked about already a little bit with growing up in that town. Tell us about the tradition at Palmyra. Tell us about the things that you see motivating not only the players, but admin, parents, local community members, and how that motivates you on a Friday or Saturday when the clock sounds and it's time to play a game. Well, I just know that, you know, growing up here and, and being, you know, in the early 80s um, when we had, you know, the Mike Frankenbox, the Todd Kaisers, the, Dan, the Danny Bowers, all those guys that played when I was in middle school and, and back in the day when we played Genevieve Valley. I mean, you know, it was like every year it was Palmar and Genevieve Valley playing on Saturday and, and, and for the, the, the state semifinals and those type things. And, and those are things I'll never forget. And, you know, and just all the, the, the great excitement that, that would go along with football. And it wasn't just football, I guess. I mean, we, you know, we had undefeated state championships in basketball and, and all those type things. And, and I think those are, you know, those are things that, you know, that had, that did fuel me. And I, but I will say this, that, you know, when I left Palmyra in, in 2000 and went to Mark Twain, I don't think I would have ever guessed that I would have been where I am today. You know, I think my path kind of went where I, where it was. I was at Mark Twain, went to Unionville, didn't have a great experience at Unionville, you know, ended up getting divorced, ended up back at Palmyra as a junior high football coach. I did two years here as a junior high football coach. It was really kind of a lost soul. I didn't really know where I wanted to be. I came here because that's where I wanted to raise my family. And then I ended up being a head football coach here. And, and now for me, it's just like, wow, what a, you know, to be back here where I was raised, I just don't think it ever would have happened if my path hadn't gone the way it was. And, the, you know, in the two years being here as a junior high coach kind of refreshed me and let me see what coaching was again and, and really start to relish that, those traditions again that I think I lost there for a while. So, you know, to see that and to be here and then, to, you know, to, to, to see the things that Coach Bouchard did when he was here – and to kind of get those traditions back and get some of that, that pride back into the community, into the football program. And then to come back here again when we were in kind of a downward spiral again. And, and then to be able to be part of the coaching staff that was bringing it back up and having that time when we played Blair Oaks, you know, in that first state quarterfinal game that had been years since we had done that. And to be a part of that and to see that excitement in the community again for me has just been huge. And then we had the, the two or the three state semifinals, you know, that we went to after that and the three district championships in a row and all that kind of stuff. Now it's just, you know, you see it in our kids' eyes, you see it in our parents' eyes. It's just kind of become the expectations. We haven't had the success to get back there, but we're always there knocking on the door. You know, Clark County's had some great teams. Monroe's had some great teams. So we, you know, we have, we've been a little bit short, but that expectation is there from our kids, from our coaches, from our fans, from our administrators. And, you know, it's just good to see us kind of all pulling in the same direction and doing those things. So, you know, it's just, you know, Coach Hurst was here. We had success, and you saw Fred bring it in now to be a part of that now. You know, I'm very blessed, and, and it, it does. It just fuels me every day. 
creative to keep working and trying to do those things. You guys play in the Clarence Cannon Conference, which, you know, traditionally has some very good teams. And I remember, you know, we'll be coming back from Friday nights with games, whether it was Blair Oaks or Jeff City and flipping on the radio and you'd, you'd hear the updates coming in from everybody in that conference. Who is the team that always shows up no matter what? Well, I mean, I think, you know, there for the longest time, it was always Centralia. I mean, I think you always, always knew a coach, coach team was always going to be ready to kick some butt, you know. And and now, crap, I think it's it's just about everybody. I mean, it's just there's no, it's gotten to be where you know there's nobody left. I mean, you, you we've had some teams leave the conference because they just didn't want to, you know, they wanted that the grind in the CCC is just tough, you know, and. Uh, you know, you know, Ethan's done a great, you know, and then adding Clark County and Brookfield to the mix. And it's just yeah. like, holy crime and Netley, you know, it's just, it just continues to be a, a grind. So, you know, it'll be interesting this year, you know, we got three new coaches coming in with all this going on with, with the, you know, the coronavirus, those guys not getting time with their kids, how that's going to affect, you know, but coach Kirby, coach Allen, you know, those two guys always do a great job, you know, at, at their two schools, you know, coach Stevens at Brookfield's kind of new and he's getting things going. So, you know, I think right now Monroe and, and Clark are probably the, the, the top two teams in the conference that you've got to contend with every year. And those are the ones you just know that when you play those guys, you're going to get hit and you're going to get hit hard. And, and the red, you know, and then, you know, you just know it's just kind of the way it's going to be. Yeah, we, JR is right. We, we listen to all those scores and we're, we're always kind of fact checking and seeing what's going on. And you always hear that the games are, I don't really hear about any like huge big blowouts. I hear about games that seem like they, they come down to the end and that's what you love about high school football, man. That's what you love about getting out there and competing. And trust me, like JR said, it's nice to win. It's, it's nice to do a great job, but it's probably not the things you remember. It's probably not a lot of the things you learn from. I'm going to ask you about Palmyra a little bit more, but you mentioned something and I, I just, I feel, I would feel bad if I didn't ask. You're there, you're at Palmyra going into your 11th year. You talked about some of the hardships coming up, some of the different paths that you took. It's today, it's May 7th, 2020 or so, I think. The days are running together with the COVID. So what would you tell yourself 20 years ago, talking to yourself, knowing what you know now, if you had one chance to go back and have that conversation, what are you, what are you looking at you and saying, hey man, this is what you you need to focus up and listen to me for the next few minutes. I think, and I, and I, I that's to me is it's an easy question because it's something I've I've learned and I've started to tell my coaches. Um, don't make decisions out of anger. Don't make decisions out of bitterness, because I think that <clears throat> I really think I I'm not sure to this day if I hadn't done that. Honestly, I don't know that I still wouldn't be at Mark Twain today. You know what I'm saying? That was a place that I really enjoyed being at. I enjoyed – my family enjoyed it there. We had a lot of good friends. We were there for six years. Um, and I wasn't bitter with – and I said I wasn't bitter with – I don't know. It was a thing I was – at the time I was the AD, transportation director, maintenance director. I mean, I, I was a kind of an administrator – and I wanted to coach also, and they were transitioning. They, they kind of made me choose. 
and I didn't want to choose. I wanted to do it all. <laughs> I was greedy. Yeah, sure. I was young, stupid, and greedy. Sure. And I was still a young coach in coaching in coaching years, not you know. And uh, and they said no. And you know, and and that kind of so I just I left there saying, well, then fine. I'm going to go someplace else where I can be an AD and be a coach. And they wanted you know. Anyway, I just think back and I think that was probably a decision that I probably regretted a little bit, you know, because then my next ride at Unionville was not a good experience for me and my family, you know, yeah. and it was just, it was a bad experience. I mean, I, the, you know, and there was a lot of things that happened there that anyway, I just think, so I think that's the thing is I always tell my coaches, don't ever apply for a job that you're not going to be okay. Not getting, you know, if you're not going to be okay, not getting it, then don't apply for it because there's a lot of good coaches out there. They're going to apply for these jobs and uh, yeah. you know, don't be bitter, you know, be able to understand if you don't. And then if you don't get it, you need to take some time and think about it and talk to people and don't make decisions out of anger and, or, and don't do something you're going to regret years from now. So yeah. that's to be the thing. That'd be the thing I would tell a young Kevin Miles is <laughs> don't make decisions out of bitterness. Yeah. <laughs> JR, I know people haven't heard all the episodes that we have sitting in reserve, just waiting, but you and I both know there's been like this, this common theme of coaches who have been around for a while and they are looking back on things that were going on and, yeah. You know, we, we've talked to people all over the country and like, man, I made some dumb, dumb mistakes yeah. <laughs> and some stupid decisions when I was younger. And if I could just have this conversation, I would love to do this. So I love that stuff, coach. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Well, I, thought, I, even to my coaches. I said, Hey, if you got something you want to, if you know, if you're, you're angry about something, you know, because my mom, one of the biggest pieces of advice my mom told me one time is if you got something you want to say, that's angry, Kevin, type it up, send it to me. I'll I'll read it. I'll delete it, and then you got it off your chest, and then it's gone. And now you're not sending it to the person that you that you want to send it to, but you've really sent it to somebody. Right. right. So have somebody that you trust that you can say those things to. Yeah. And get it out of your chest and say it, but then maybe it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not going to bite you in the butt. It's not going to hurt yeah, you. Yeah. Right. It's absolutely so, true. It's absolutely true. So I told my coaches, I'll be that guy for you. So you can say it to me, and I'll I'll, I'll be your sounding board. I love it. Now that's that's another reason we know why Palmyra is so successful year in and year out. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned it, COVID nineteen. Some guys can't get to their teams. Some guys can, uh, or they've at least had experience with their teams. So when they're talking and texting or Zoom meeting or doing whatever. They at least have a little common knowledge. So we get to go back in the summer, whatever day that may be. Don't know yet. There's a lot of people smarter than me doing this. So day one, practice one. It's the first thing you're putting in because it is Palmyra football. What is it? Well, you know, probably three years ago, I would have told you it would have been beer. I mean, we, we've always been a beer team, you know, but we've kind of gotten now where we're not as much a beer team, you know. We're now more probably more of a power ISO team, so we're going to be that. We're going to we're going to probably on. We're, you know, I was kind of as you sent that to me today, and I got to looking at our practice schedules. And <laughs> I learned last year, my good friend Kevin Kretemeyer, um and I we started going a couple years ago, and just I say last year really was the first year we did it. But we went to we went to KU and listen and watched Les Miles's yeah. camp, and then we went to Mizzou. And just kind of, we're, we're going to start going around. We hope to and just start watching camps. And Mizzou did something great last year that we really liked. They did five-minute sessions where they just rapid-fire pass routes or, or, you know, and they just did, you know, five minutes and then you they blow a whistle and you, you sprint to another station and it's in an, an offensive session and they just rapid-fire. So that's become something we started doing. And we did that last year the first day. So we had a, 
you know, we had a, one group that was running the bubble, one group was running the slant, one group was running a jump cut drill, and one group was running was learning the ISO, and we were running ISO, and we were just doing different things like that. So that's kind of what – that's going to be our first thing we're probably going to do, and we're going to talk tempo, and we're going to talk, you know, just basic ISO, you know, um, type stuff or, or power stuff, and then we're going to talk catching the ball and focusing on what we're going to do because we've kind of become that team – we're, you know, we're getting quarterbacks right now that, that are throwing the ball more and doing those things. So we, we've gotten where we're going to be, a, you know, we're just going to do those type of things. I think for me right now, we're going we're gonna to talk tempo and power football. We still want to be a power team. So that's what we're going to do. Power, tempo and power football is what we're going to do. Nice. Well, I mean, that's a, made a quick question, a really long question. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Monroe City, Palmyra. What's the top three moments of that rivalry that you, you remember vividly? One's going to be when I played. Um, it would have been 1986 football season, so my senior year, and it was the Mud Bowl. And uh, it was me and Mike Smith, two quarterbacks. And, I mean, there was so much mud. I think we, I, I think we won the game six to nothing, if I remember right. I think it was a, a punt return maybe, and we ran. But I remember we, I ran like a quarterback bootleg or something. And I turned, and I remember him and I hit each other head on, and I think we both got damn near got knocked out. And, uh, <laughs> to me, that was one of the that's one of the moments I'll never forget. And him and I still every now and then we'll see each other and we'll talk about it and those type things. That was also I think Michael Washington was a freshman and he ran us over, or you know he he kind of he was a big big old mean old dude if you remember yeah. Michael Washington sure. Mizzou, he he was a dude. Uh, but anyway, so that's one. And then uh, I think the first time uh, winning the Mayor's Cup. That's, you know, because now it's called the Mayor's Cup. It wasn't called the Mayor's Cup back then. Um, the first time winning the Mayor's Cup, which would have been probably the year, I think, um, uh, we played the Blair Oaks in the, in the quarterfinals. I think that would have been that year we won the Mayor's Cup. That was a neat year uh, to win that. That was also a, a white sweater team that was undefeated, a regular season undefeated team. So that was kind of a neat team that we had. And then I think just this last year um, – with the passing of Jamar White, um, that was a neat one. That little uh, heart, you know, yeah. <laughs> that hurt a little bit. Sure. But that, that was a neat one because even though we lost, um, Jamar was someone that was uh, close to both communities. His his uh, his sons, uh, you know, his he lives in Palmyra, and being over here and having that game and with all the things that went on uh, that night, that was a, that was probably the three biggest ones for me. And that was even though we lost, that was probably the most touching one just to see the two communities come together like that for two communities that really don't have a lot of love for each other. And there really isn't a lot of love between Palmer and Monroe to see yeah. them come together like that for that night. It's kind of a neat thing. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. So. Yeah. Football is way more than what happens on that rectangle. For sure. Yeah. And it's crazy because they, they beat us that night and we, we played them, uh, we played them um, a week later. And we just – we annihilated them. I mean, we, we should have probably beat them both nights, but there was so much emotion that night that they had. They kind of – you know, they beat us. We – you know, they, you know for whatever reason, we were – you know, they had a lot of things going on. And it was a crazy, crazy couple of weeks right there, you know, yeah. and uh, for them and for us. And they played with a lot of emotion. Coach Kirby had his guys ready, and they dropped a hammer on us that night, won the Mayor's Cup. And, you know, but that was one of the neatest games and just seeing all the, you know, the people in the, it was, it was, it was a, it was a good thing. And it was, a, it was a thing to see the two communities come together for a family that, that had just lost a good yeah. man. The, um, yeah, we, 
it keeps going, JR, right? I mean, it, it takes me back to the yeah. story we heard last night and that'll that'll come out with Coach Sherman and whatever. But um, Coach Palmyra is, certainly is a special place for you. It's a special place for a lot of people. I'm surprised they allowed somebody with a little bit of history of black and gold to come into the town, but you know, it, it, that, that's okay. So at some point there's going to be somebody listening to this podcast who they're thinking about where should they move or where should they send their child? And maybe it's for football. Maybe it's for baseball. Maybe it's basketball. Maybe it's volleyball, or maybe it's just to live in one of the best towns in the state of Missouri. So in your opinion, why does somebody move to Palmyra and, and go to their school district? Well, I just think because, I mean, even though, um, even though Palmyra is a great um, sports community, we are always going to do, we're always going to put the kids first. Our school's always going to put the kids first, you know, because I know that we're not going to, we're never going to say sports is more, more important than their education. And, and I mean, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Some parents may not come here for that reason. You know, we're always going to do what's right for the kids, but we're never going to say that the, the individual is never more important than the whole, you know what I'm saying? We're going to do what's best for the, 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 the whole group. We're going to do what's best for the program. We're going to do what's best for, you know, for our, our community and for our, 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 you know, our, everybody than we are going to do over that one kid. So I just gonna say it's, it's a great place because we're going to care about every kid. And that's the thing I can say about us. We don't care. You know, we're, we're going to put everybody on, we're going to put everybody on a pedestal. We're not going to, we're not going to take one kid and we're not going to, to signify one over the other. And, and we're going to, we're going to make sure they're going to, we're going to make sure that we're going to put out good kids that are make good decisions. They're going to be you know, good citizens, good men, good women, and uh, they're going to be good, smart. They're going to be good athletically and they're going to make good decisions in life. And I think that's kind of what I think our principal and our superintendent have. And our, our principal is a great man, Mr. Pontius, great man. He's a former football coach, coach for me, played football here. Um, we're very blessed. And I will say this. I mean, I've been very blessed to have coaches that have been on my staff since they played in the, since they were on the Blair Oaks game. And now I'm getting kids that played. I, I'm hoping we just hired a guy that played in that game. And uh, he's going to come back and be on my coaching staff now. He just graduated from college, and uh, he's going to come back and coach. I mean, so we have a lot of people that – I think, to me, that says a testament from Palmyra that people go out and then they come back, and they're going to teach here and they're going to live here because they want to raise their kids here. And that, to me, says a lot about – the, what what the town is when they're when they're not willing to go they don't want to go live other places they want to come back here and live in Palmyra. Hundred percent agree. It's amazing to me, you know. Bill and I get get to hear every episode before it goes out, and when we ask people to talk about their communities, just the pride that everybody shows in it, and the community, the school, the kids, everything that's going on, it it's really just a special thing. I think when when we ask people such as yourself just to talk about the community a little bit. Because, you know, like me, I've never been up to Palmyra for any extended period of time. And I feel like if I went there, I'd be okay. You know, it, uh, it just seems like a place that, that people want to be and people like to be there for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good. I, I enjoyed my time there. It, it, it reminds you of one of those small towns that uh, you just fit in and you, like they're happy you're there, right? Listen, I've been in a lot of communities, okay? And I went to med school in Chicago, and the rule is you don't even look up and make eye contact because you're worried that somebody's <laughs> going to shoot you, okay? And I've right. been in communities where everybody is like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you, what do you need? Can I help you? Are you, you, you new here? Do you know where to go, right? 
And they automatically like, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who you are. They're like, oh, you're here now. You're part of us. Okay, great. Let's, let's see what's going on. How you been? Totally awesome. I love it, coach. That's just it. That's kind of how I was. I mean, I'm a small town guy and I was true story. When one time when I was in the, that was it was 1986 and we were at Springfield Missouri for uh, the state basketball tournament our girls were playing for the state championship and and it was way after late probably should not have been out and uh, I was we were out and uh, I got mugged and uh, we got mugged in a park in a in a hall in a in a alleyway coming back from Hardy's to get something to eat or something like that all my buddies ran all my buddies ran but I'm the idiot that stood there and just said hey guys how's it going <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm from Palmyra, Missouri. I didn't know no better, you know, because I just didn't. I was, I was a dumb hick, you know, and that's just kind of how I was raised. And, you know, my buddy's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, wow, oh, I was just be, thought I was being nice to those guys. I, you know, and I ended up getting mugged and lost 60 bucks. I got hit over the head with a freaking bag, Oh, my you know? goodness. Nothing too clear. I didn't get hurt. Oh they took my money and took my money and hit me in the head, you know. It was like crap. But I told them, my stepdad's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, I know. I should have ran. <laughs> You know? some of the stories we hear on here it's it's unbelievable <laughs> it's it's just uh i told bill uh coach steve walker rides with us to the games we all take turns driving and i said we're going to keep steve entertained for years to come bet, just yeah. some of the stories we've heard so off air coach we uh we kind of talked to you a little bit about this poll that yeah. coach duke and i put up that we claim that there's only three ways to run the ball you can either do it inside the tackles outside the tackles or some type of option, which would give you, you know, one person inside, one person outside the tackles. So our question to you, do you agree with us? Or if you do not, uh, what would be your take on our basic premise that there's only three ways to run the ball? Well, now that you see, you know, you kind of explained to me when we, we got to think, so I've thought about it a little bit as we were talking. <clears throat> I mean, I really think that that's spot on because I, I thought, well, okay, you got jet that's outside. You run anything else? You you know you talk about quarterback sneak, and really, yeah, that's that is again, but it's still it's inside the tackles. I mean, whatever. Um, so I think that's legit. I mean, I, I think that's that definitely makes sense inside outside, and uh, and yeah, I, I think that's that's a hundred percent right. I mean, I don't think there's any other way because I think even if you you consider throwing the bubble as as a run game, that's still that's outside the tackles. That's yep. that's good. So I, I think that is. I got spot on, and I'm buying it. I'm saying three ways to run the football. I'm there in. There you go, Jr. You know, there's there's one word I have, Jr. And that's for you and I. It's winning. We are winning. We are winning. <laughs> yeah, we're winning. We are changing. That's right. We're we're changing the way scouting looks at things on multiple levels. Coach, I I could say this. You and I don't really know each other. We've had a chance to talk to a few times, and I've I've valued those things. But I could tell you that Palmyra is lucky to have you. And that whether you came from Monroe City or whatever path you took, God has placed you where you need to be. And I think it's totally awesome, the togetherness and the cohesion that that community has and the kids that are coming back to want to coach and be a part of it. I've been fortunate enough to be in a couple of those communities myself growing up. Because uh, I still think I'm a kid. I'm 45, but I still think right. I'm a kid. Um, my left hip doesn't agree with me, but the rest of my body right. does. Um, and I still think I could play a little bit, even though Jr. says I can't. So it's okay. There's no <laughs> okay. He tried to get a guy from Prep Star to recruit. I did for crying out I did. loud. I mean, what are we, what are we doing around? I did, <laughs> Coach. 
I love the fact that you're so passionate and we could see it in everything that you've explained today. We really appreciate you being here. Regardless of whatever kind of offense you do or what you do on day one, I know that the Palmyra football program and the school district is in excellent hands. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's been a great time. And I really have enjoyed this and it's been fun just, you know, chatting with you guys. And it's fun just sometimes just not even really chatting, just kind of chit-chatting about different things. So it was, it was a good time to, to visit and I look forward to, to get and listen to more of your all stuff and, uh, and just kind of, you know, just kind of get to do those things and hopefully get to have, come back to your clinic next year. And yeah, absolutely. You're going to be, you're going to be speaking next year, coach. I want to hear all about that. Uh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, I was say I forgot that. Yeah, so yeah like, you're, talking, you're, so. you're you're speaking next year. So yeah, we'll we'll make a special session how to embalm. And, and <laughs> yeah, it'll be the, uh, put, that in my, put that in my PowerPoint that I we can a, do it. Yeah. That's right. I'll be the guy in the back dying laughing. So it'll, <laughs> it'll be great. <laughs> well, I'm Coach Duke. He's Coach Simmons. We've been fortunate to have Coach Miles here from Palmyra. Until next time, process preparation performance. We're out. Thanks, guys.